Welcome to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, Episode 18. My method is basically I go to first aid, see what I have to know, go to like Pathoma or Boards and Beyond or Physio, and just try and understand it as best as I can. Once I do that, then I go to Zonkey. I just unlock the cards from that section. I found that when I do that, I can go through the cards a lot quicker. I have an overall picture of what's going on, and I memorize the things that I need to memorize. You're listening to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, the playbook of those who dominated the USMLE. If you want to learn how to excel on Step 1 and get into the residency of your choice, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and join the thousands of others who have mastered Step 1 concepts using physio.com. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today we interview David Ortiz, who is a second year medical student. And to help me with this interview, I'm here with my co-host, Red Thompson. How's it going, man? It's going so good. Had a great weekend. What about you? What's up? Yeah, same. My father-in-law invited me to the University of Utah football game. So he has some season tickets and I was able to go to that. That was pretty fun. Don't usually go to those too often, but yeah, it was a good time. University of Utah played Northern Illinois University. We crushed him. Nice. <laughs> Sorry for all of you Illinois fans out there, but it was a fun game. That's cool. It's good when you invest some time in watching a game, especially going to a game where you can walk away victorious. Totally. Otherwise, you can feel devastated that you invested a bunch of time watching your favorite team fail. And you're like, <laughs> well, let's go eat some ice cream and sleep this off. Five hours later, wasted, <laughs> waste the whole day. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. So before we introduce the guest, I just want to invite all of you listeners to share your stories with us. If you've taken step one or you know someone who's taken step one, let us know. We'd love to interview you. Or if you just have some awesome experiences that you think would be inspirational to your fellow med students, let us know. You can email steve at physio.com. That's S-T-E-V-E at physio.com. Shoot him a message and we'd love to hear from you. So today's guest, as Michael mentioned, is David Ortiz. He's a second year med student at the University of Utah Medical School. So he might be pretty excited that you just won that football game, <laughs> if he's aware of it. I certainly wasn't. Anyways, some interesting things about this interview was just being able to see that experience of somebody who's in that transition time between first and second year. And he used his first semester really wisely, I'd say. Used it as that time to experiment and figure out what kinds of things would work long-term. So during that first semester, he ended up practicing with making his own Anki cards. And it seems like that's kind of a common thing that people end up doing is they start out trying to make their own and then they transition to another method. And that's what he ended up doing. So by his second semester of first year, he ended up switching over to Zonkey, liking that and then having plans to continue with that through his second year, which he's now currently in. So there's other details about his experience that are just interesting. And I think that if you're in your first or second year of medical school, you're going to find that interesting and relate to that and get some new ideas. So let's bring him on. All right, David, welcome to the show, man. We're super excited to have you. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So like we do with all of our guests, we could start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you interested in medicine. So I'm from California, but I grew up in Kansas City. My family's from Mexico. My dad is actually a physician in Mexico, but Coming here to the States, he actually doesn't have a license to practice here. So 
growing up, I just kind of saw him put a lot of his knowledge to use, but never actually practicing as a full-fledged physician. And I don't know, it just kind of piqued my interest. And I think in college, I kind of became more interested through volunteer activities and stuff like that. And yeah, that's kind of what interested me in, in medicine. That sounds kind of tough, I would think, to come from a different country and then come here and not be able to use your knowledge or not be able to practice fully like you'd like to. Was that tough for your dad and was that tough for your family? How did you guys cope with that? I think it was tough on my dad, but I never really got to see that side of him because he's just like a really happy person in general. And I never really ever see him complain or anything like that. But he definitely was really excited whenever an opportunity came up where he got to use some of his medical knowledge. It was cool to see him get excited and happy to to be able to use some of the stuff he had learned, even if he didn't do it as a career here in the States. Okay, so you saw your dad interested in medicine and practicing medicine somewhat throughout your childhood, it sounds like. And then once you got into college, you said you got more interested in volunteer work. And then eventually you got accepted to the University of Utah, where you're at right now. Maybe you could take us back to the first few days of medical school and what that was like for you. I think it was a little overwhelming, definitely like imposter syndrome, definitely a lot of information thrown at you, a lot of advice. I was super nervous to start med school. I'm sure that happens to everybody, but I was super nervous, but also excited, kind of lost a little bit and a little overwhelming, but also exciting. What were some of the things that you were nervous about or excited about at the time? Can you remember? I had been out of school for about a year, so I was a little bit worried that it would be kind of hard to start up again and the coursework might be overwhelming. It was also a little intimidating to be with like a hundred other people who get good grades, who have achieved academically and just have achieved so much. And so kind of a mixture of all those things made me a little nervous, a little intimidated, but once I got to know people from my class, like they're just regular people, they're just like me. So it was okay. Yeah, I think that's one of the coolest parts about medical school is you go in with a lot of expectations and fears, and then you start to get to know your classmates. And a lot of that starts to disappear, at least a lot of the negativity that you had expected, you know, where you're being compared or being intimidated by your classmates. And then you just start to realize that they're just like you. And most of them are really nice and actually trying to do their best and they want to help people around them along the way. And so it's kind of a cool camaraderie that can often develop. And one of the anxieties with medical school when you first start out is you get thrown into this new world and you hear about all these different names and study resources that you should be using. And you get advice from upperclassmen regarding like what to use and what not to use. So just focusing on that first semester of your first year, can you walk us through what you heard and what you thought you should be using, what you were told, and what advice you used, and just how your study plan evolved? Yeah, for sure. The first week at the U, they have kind of transitioned into med school. So it's basically just a bunch of workshops and lectures on resources. And I remember one lecture talking about Anki and how basically it was his life for the last three or four years. And he did it on Christmas when his baby was being born. And 
all this stuff, but he did really well in his courses. And so he highly recommended that. So I did it in undergrad a little bit, but I definitely didn't do it like I do now. And then as classes started, we started to hear about Sketchy. We also heard about Boards and Beyond pretty early on. And then later on, we kind of started talking about UWorld. First Aid was kind of brought up quite a bit as well, but I felt like I didn't really use that the first half of the first year. So it's kind of a smattering of a ton of different resources. So it was kind of thrown at you all at once. Yeah, that can be really intimidating just to sift through all that because there's a lot of resources and you obviously can't get through all the content and all the resources. And so I just kind of want to get an idea of like what you used and what your routines were like. It sounds like during the first semester, which is really foundational, you didn't end up using first aid. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, our classwork was, for me at least, it was kind of hard for me to line it up with first aid and some other outside resources. I know classmates who did do that and they had success with that. But for me, it was just kind of hard to pick out, especially because that class covers so much stuff and it's kind of a wide array of stuff. It was really hard to pick out really individualized topics off of first aid or other resources and then apply it to the coursework. So the first half of the year, I kind of just stuck to the coursework. And I was just trying to get back into the groove because I had been away from school for like a year. And so I felt like I just needed to start school and get going with that at first. And then I could branch out to other resources. If I understand right, then it sounds like you just focused on classwork for the first semester, which is totally normal. I think a lot of people do that. You know, it's really foundational. But you had mentioned Anki and Boards and Beyond and I believe Sketchy. So did you start using those during the first semester or like the second semester? Or when did you start using those resources? I started using Anki right away, but I was writing my own cards. That was pretty good, but it was also very time consuming. But it kind of worked for the first semester, but also it was extremely time consuming. I think half of my time was just writing cards. I know of people who do that and it works for them, but it was really hard. So yeah, I did do Anki right away. Boards and Beyond, first semester I didn't use it. I heard of it. I know some people who use that like exclusively to study, but I didn't do that. I just started Anki. I did my own cards and I tried to keep up, but it was kind of hard. I kind of was on and off and then cards would build up and it was kind of rough. <laughs> so I did Anki, but it was like rough <laughs> for sure. I Totally understand. I mean, I know that if you miss a day, you're kind of screwed. It's just like, surprise, you have a thousand cards tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and I remember it was firecracker for me a couple of years back when I was in first year. And I remember just really investing heavily in firecracker and just trying to keep up. You try to like take a break on Sunday and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't start Monday. <laughs> like, there's too many cards. Yeah, it was rough because it definitely takes a level of commitment to sit down for an hour or two and just pump out all these flashcards. And I really wasn't used to it because in my undergrad, I never really did that, but I passed. (laughs) So it sounds like you were using Anki, but not really using a pre-made deck. You were making your own cards. Now, was this specific for your classwork or were you simultaneously trying to make these cards for step one? It was almost exclusively classwork, coursework. I figured that our 
foundations of medicine class would cover just a lot of basics and kind of not go into a lot of detail. And so I decided that I would just focus on coursework because it was taking me so much time to go and make my own cards. I felt like I really didn't have that much time to start going to like first aid and pulling out the step one relevant stuff. And all my cards are basically just coursework. So you finish foundations and then you start your next block, which at the university of Utah is you know, really about like cancer and it's called molecule cells and cancer, right? So it's like the biochemistry, molecular stuff, cancer. And then what did you start doing at that point? Did you decide to change your study strategy? Did you start using sketchy or other resources at that point? Maybe take us back to that point in time and kind of walk us through your thought process. Okay, yeah. So once the molecule cells and cancer course started, I started using Boards and Beyond a little bit more and also Pathoma. I felt like it was really good for explaining all the cancer stuff. And then I started trying a little more of the pre-made decks and I thought that was pretty useful. So around that point, I was about like 50-50 of pre-made cards and then also my own cards. I think at that point I started focusing a little bit more on step one and trying other outside resources. So you started using Boards and Beyond, Pathoma, and some pre-made Anki decks. With Boards and Beyond and Pathoma, how did you use each one of those together? Because there's a lot of overlap between what Pathoma would cover and what Boards and Beyond covers. Again, Pathoma just strictly focusing on pathology. But nevertheless, there's overlap. How did you navigate that? How did you know which ones you would want to watch from each resource? What drove me to the other resources was that we have pre-work for each lecture. And I start off just focusing on the pre-work of every lecture. But it got to the point where some lectures were like, 40 pages from a textbook and I just didn't have that much time to do that much pre-work for the lecture and so I figured okay rather than read this 40 page text I can go and look at a video from Boards of Beyond or Pathoma so that's kind of what started pushing me towards the other resources. It was really good with that course the cancer course especially because each lecture was based on a specific type of cancer, which went really well with Pathoma, which is what I started with first. And then later on, I kind of went to Boards and Beyond. You'd mentioned using Pathoma and Boards and Beyond. Did you use them like overlapping each other? So like you'd watch a, I don't know, a Pathoma video on platelet disorders, and then you'd watch a Boards and Beyond video on platelet disorders? Or would you just focus on the videos that Pathoma didn't have and watch those ones in Boards and Beyond? How did you deal with that, I guess, is my question. I started off at first just using Pathoma and then stuff that wasn't covered in Pathoma, I would try and pick out of the pre-work from class. And the reason for that is just I felt Pathoma was pretty cheap and I hadn't really branched out to other resources. So I thought maybe I'd try it and I started off. It seemed cheap and it seemed like it was really good. And a lot of people said it was basically essential. Tried it out and I really liked the videos. I thought they were really simple and I thought he explained them really well. Boards and Beyond wasn't really towards the end, I think, of that cancer unit, but very sparingly, just like one or two videos that I would use. I used mostly Pathoma for the cancer one. And I would only watch Boards and Beyond if it was something not covered in Pathoma. Yeah, that's interesting. It's kind of a dilemma because 
I think the general consensus is Pathoma is kind of like a gold standard. And Boards and Beyond is kind of like this up and coming resource. And a lot of people are using it now. But there's a lot of overlap. And so it can be challenging to try to decide, okay, should I use Boards and Beyond exclusively or Pathoma and then ignore some of the videos from Boards and Beyond or just watch them all? And then you wonder, are you wasting too much time watching too many videos? So that's interesting. So you had mentioned Anki as well, that you started using a pre-made deck. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? So I started using Sanki, but also there's a classmate that would make a lot of cards and I would just download his cards because it went really well with the courses we were taking as well. So Zonki and a little bit of pre-made cards from some classmates. So a lot of times when you start a resource, many people feel this compulsion to get through all of the content or somehow have this idea of how much of the resource that they're going to get through before they take step one. So you've started Pathoma and Boards of Beyond, and you're in the middle of first and second year. Your plans going forward, are you planning on completing all of the videos available in each one of those? Are you going to prioritize one? Or what's your mindset as you've already started both of these? It's kind of tricky. I'm still kind of figuring that out. But what I think I've decided is, so this is kind of a thing that I did. I don't know if it's unusual. I think it might be, but I didn't really open first aid till very late in my first year. But now I kind of wish I had opened it up a little bit and went into it a little bit more during the first year, like during class. And my plan, I think, going into second year is basically just going through first aid and just whatever I don't understand, watching a video whether it's Boards and Beyond or Pathoma or Sketchy or something else. And basically, I do want to get through all of first aid and make sure I have all of that down. But I'm not as concerned about going through like all of Boards and Beyond or all of Pathoma or anything like that. That's my plan right now, but I'm still like trying to figure out everything. So that makes sense. You've got first aid is going to be basically your roadmap and then your goal is to understand all the content in first aid and then use whatever resources you need in order to reach that goal. Yeah. It's interesting, of all the people that me and Michael have interviewed, that seems to be the most common theme is that everybody seeks to understand. There's so many different ways, so many different resources, so many different things that you can use to augment your study that can really help you. But no matter what resources different people have used, that's always the common theme. Wouldn't you say, Michael? Yeah, it's totally true. I mean, I think you need to be careful with using just first aid if, for example, you're going to read through it because a lot of people have mentioned that that can be really challenging to really, like Rhett's saying, understand the material. First aid is kind of like a, I guess like a roadmap and it really maps out everything that you need to know for step one for the most part. The problem that people have is when they think they understand it because a lot of times you can look at something in first aid and be like, oh, that makes sense and just kind of brush it off. <laughs> then you'll get a question in your world about the exact same topic and you'll be totally upside down. Like you'll have no idea what's going on. So it's interesting, you know, there's kind of a disconnect almost between what first aid has and then what you're being tested on with you world, I would say. But ultimately, I totally agree. I mean, I think if you can understand and like really understand the stuff in first aid, then you're going to be solid. It's just a matter of how are you going to understand that stuff? 
Because I think if you just read it, you're probably, if you're like most people, going to struggle to really understand it. So then it begs the question, are you going to really focus on classwork and try to understand the content through that methodology? Or are you going to start using Boards and Beyond or Pathoma or these other resources to really dive in? Because that's what you have to do. You really have to dive into first aid and like really understand the content. Yeah, I think that's true. I think I shied away from first aid because it does just summarize everything and it doesn't really explain it. It just tells you what you need to know basically without really giving you background information or explaining anything. And so going from not doing school for like a year and just looking at first aid was really intimidating. But I think as the first year progressed, I understood more medical stuff in general, but also just understood how first aid worked as kind of a roadmap. I came to set a goal just to understand it because I was doing Anki cards as well that like Zonki, for example, is based on first aid. And I had peers that would just unlock all the cards before a certain lecture or a certain section that we were learning. And they would just start going through them. So I was like, oh, I'll try that out. And when I tried that, it did not pan out for me at all. I just felt like it was a lot of random information and all these pieces just thrown at me and I didn't know how they work together. It just didn't work out for me. And maybe it works out for some other people, but for me, I just couldn't understand it. Even if I had memorized like tons of vocab and tons of connections, I just couldn't make like the overall connection. I couldn't really understand the topic. But now my method is basically I go to first aid, see what I have to know, go to like Pathoma or Boards and Beyond or Physio and just try and understand it as best as I can. Once I do that, then I go to Zonki. I just unlock the cards from that section. I found that when I do that, I can go through the cards a lot quicker. I have an overall picture of what's going on and I memorize the things that I need to memorize. It's really interesting that you mentioned that you have this classmate that would go through and almost learn through the cards as opposed to just using them as a review. And I think I'm a lot more like you, David, in that I would want to learn the material and kind of see the big picture and see how everything works together and then get these fragmented flashcards to help reinforce it. But both ways can work. That's what's so interesting. We interviewed somebody who did phenomenally well on step one, and that was basically the resource that they used to learn. Like in advance of the lectures for class, they would go through the flashcards relevant to it. It was just mind-blowing that it was so effective for him. But it's super good to recognize that if it doesn't work for you, don't do it. <laughs> like, There's no point wasting time doing something that's not super helpful for you. Everybody's mind works different. So got to tap into what works for you. Yeah, I remember doing that one section and I remember going to the test and I knew all these facts, but when it came to the test, I just didn't know what the questions were asking. I didn't know how everything came together. And when I saw the answers, like it made sense then, but just having all these random facts in my head didn't work out for me. So, but I can see how it worked for other people though, for sure. Like maybe some people have a little stronger background, but yeah, I felt like I was just kind of out of school for a little while and then coming back into it, I felt like I had to ease my way into it a little bit more. Yeah, you know, I think that really speaks to the fact that everyone is unique and everyone has their own unique learning style and you really just need to find what works for you. And it's so interesting because like we interview all these people and 
everyone has a completely different strategy. You know, there are a lot of similar themes in the way people study, but so far every person has had a unique take on how to approach step one and how to approach their classwork. And so, you know, I think you really as a student need to find what works for you. And that's something that we're really curious about throughout these interviews is like, how do you know if something's working? And I think that's a struggle for a lot of students. So what are your thoughts on that, David? How do you know that the Zonkey deck that you're using and Boards and Beyond, Pathone, and these other resources, how do you know that they're effective? How do you know that they're working for you? I guess one gauge that I've been using is how well I can do on the tests that we take in class, especially the ones that are meant to simulate step one style questions. Those are a good indicator for me. Another way that I can kind of tell is if after using the resource, I feel confident that I can look at first aid and be able to explain it, or I feel good about the material. I don't feel that awkwardness, that hesitation when you don't understand something, you feel kind of intimidated by the material. I can answer step one style questions from our test or from question banks. I think then it's a good resource. And if it helps me memorize things and retain them, I think it's a good resource. If after using the resource, I feel like I can't answer questions very well, or I still feel like uncertain about the topic, or I can't explain it very well in my own words, or I haven't been able to retain any of the information, I feel like those are the resources or those are the practices that I just try not to do. You've mentioned a lot of really good metrics that you can use, that everybody could use to really determine if something's effective for them. It seems obvious in some circumstances, but I don't think it is obvious if something's working or not all the time. You know, I remember spending probably longer than I should have doing like mind mapping and thinking that I would continue to invest in this idea of mapping all the content out, thinking that it would ultimately pay off dividends. But then, as you mentioned, you can take a test and if it didn't really help you and do well on the test, then it's not a great thing to do. And so I think it's really important to use those metrics. So you mentioned if you can do well on the exam in school, if you can answer question bank questions confidently. And then I think the more nuanced and the one that I think would be the most versatile is just being able to explain something in your own words. Like if you opened up to first aid, as you were mentioning, and if somebody can start asking you questions about that, if you're going to be like super awkward about it, or if you feel confident in it, that is a good idea. I think that's a good way to determine if you know it well enough. That's interesting because I remember Rhett and I would have study sessions together sometimes during the first and second year. And sometimes Rhett might ask me a question like, oh, I don't understand this. Can you explain this to me? And so I'd try to start explaining it from first aid and then I'd get stuck and I'd be like, oh, wait, I don't know how that works. So that <laughs> that's a really good idea. I like that. Yeah, I'd be like, Michael, you need to know how this works. We need to figure this out. Let's go make physio. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think one thing too going in is not being super married to one method of doing things. I think I kind of was that way. Every week I would be like, all right, I'm doing this thing. I'm going to do it for like the rest of my life. Or <laughs> I'm doing Anki, I'm going to do it till I'm 60. But now I've kind of realized I just got to try a lot of things. And if it doesn't work, it's okay to just be like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Or if you tried Anki a couple of times and it doesn't work, like it's okay. I think I've had to come to terms with that. I think that is something that you have to come to terms with when you start med school. Not being married to one method or realizing that some methods aren't as effective for you. 
you finished first year. You're in the summer now, kind of taking a little break. And we talked about some of your plans going forward. It sounds like you're going to continue using Boards and Beyond and Pathoma as needed with an emphasis on first aid to really understand that information. And then you're going to use Zonkey. Are you more committed to Zonkey now? Are you like planning on doing that every day? Or what exactly is your strategy for using Zonkey right now? Towards the very end of first year, we did the microbiology section. And during that section, I actually found Zonkey to be really helpful. And I got into the groove of watching a video, looking things up in first aid, and then using Zonkey to solidify that information and retain the information. And so I actually got where like my first half of the year, I was really bad about staying on top of Zonkey. I felt like towards the end, I saw that it was really helpful. And so it motivated me to stay more committed to it. Towards the end, I was pretty good about doing Zonkey like every day. And I've even been doing it during the summer. And so moving forward, I feel like Zonkey is a really good tool. But with the caveat being, at least for me, that I have to put in a little bit of pre-work to try and understand the information and then just use Zonkey to retain it and to keep those things that I really need to memorize. I'd say now I'm a lot better about staying on top of Zonkey. And it's a lot more enjoyable, I feel like, now that I can understand topics. Whereas before, it was like pounding my head against the wall, just like, because I would get the flashcards wrong so many times. I just really didn't understand. I was just trying to plow through all these cards. But now I think I have a good method of like first aid, going through stuff that I need to know, going to like an outside resource or even coursework to try and understand that, and then pulling out the most relevant things from Zonkey and staying committed to those cards. And it really is a lot faster. I feel like I can go through the cards a lot faster than before. And I feel like it's not as painful. I think it's a lot easier to stay on top of it daily. Yeah, I think that's a good study strategy. As medical students, sometimes it can be easy to get trapped into using a resource that's kind of like rote memorization. You know, like you said, like at the beginning, just using these Anki cards as a way to study without really understanding it. And I think you can do the same thing with first aid or a lot of other resources where you think you are getting through the material, but you're really just banging your head against a wall trying to memorize a bunch of facts. And I think a key to success on step one is like we've been talking about really understanding the information. And so if you can do that, I think you're going to be golden. And I think the plan you have going forward is a good one. I think if you use first aid and then other sources to kind of really understand that, and then Zonkey is more of like a way to review and solidify the information, I think that's really solid. Yeah, it's easier to stay on top of things when you understand it. I tried it the other way. For me, it was really hard to learn just doing cards alone. Yeah, I think microbiology really solidified it for me because there's a lot of things that you just have to flat out memorize. So it kind of got me into the routine of doing Zonkey, but then it also got me into first aid and using other resources to try and understand things and be able to do the flashcards a lot faster. Now it's a little bit, it's not super enjoyable. Like if it's between like watching Netflix or Zonkey, it's still a hard choice, but it's a lot easier, I would say. <laughs> Wait a minute. You like Netflix more than Anki? What's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I think you have a lot of really good ideas and advice for people. So I think this episode will be really valuable for a lot of people who are 
in your shoes right now. And it's really cool to interview people like you who are kind of in the thick of it. You know, you're on the cutting edge of everything that's going on with step one. And so I think it's interesting to kind of pick your brain and see your mentality and what's working, what's not working. So before we let you go, David, is there any last words of advice that you'd like to give to like a pre-med or a first year medical student who's about to start their first year of medical school going forward? Just stick with it. I definitely had some moments in my first year where I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> this is almost too much. But I think at first I was intimidated by my classmates, but later on I kind of learned to rely on them and get help from them. And I think if you just stick with it, it's definitely worth it. I feel happy that I'm in med school. I feel like what I do is enjoyable, even though it is challenging. So just stick with it, I would say. Great words of advice. All right, David. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to go to our website at physio.com to check out our growing library of free step one videos. You can also find our physio group on Facebook to join our growing community of students preparing for step one. If you've been enjoying the episodes and have been getting value from the content, here are three easy ways that you can support us. One, press the subscribe button on the platform you're listening to this on. Two, leave us a review. To do that, just go to physio.com slash podcast. Three, find your friends who are in medical school or interested in medical school and tell them about the podcast. Thanks for listening and join us next time.